Hello, friends. Uh, my name is Steve, and we're here today to discuss Kill or Be Killed Volume 2. You're with Chris. Chris, thanks for coming back again. Yeah. Well, it's always a risk, isn't there? You know, when you get the end of one volume, that when you come away from it, somebody goes, yeah, I don't like it now. <laughs> I'm just doing it because Steve asked me to. But in this case, well, this was my first time read of this volume as well as yours. Isn't that right? Yeah, I read volume one a lot of years ago, but Many years that's ago. as far as I got. So I'll turn the tables on you this time. Uh, general feelings increased <laughs> after reading the volume because we could talk that the the character amount, the kind of story felt sort of limited in some ways. I'm wondering how they were going to stretch it out as far as uh, the story went and whether it would feel fulfilled and kind of where they would go kind of down predictable paths or not predictable paths, etc. Mm-hmm. So how do you feel after another however many issues that was because it felt like a lot actually it did feel like a lot and i think i there were times when i, I would finish what well, like you know the red pages are in between yeah. the so I, i'm guessing those are issues but there's a couple of times when i thought this is really good <laughs> this, this is like the one of the the main things i came with i came away with was the exploration of kira i didn't expect yeah. that i didn't expect to get so much about on her and and another thing is this should be adapted yeah it should be. This is it just seems begging to be adapted. For it. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, yeah. the exploration of Kira is especially interesting because they went a whole different style with it. You know, and mm-hmm. and it was kind of ringing in my head because I had a conversation um, with Susanna last week and she'd said that graphic novels weren't really her bag, which is fine. And mm-hmm. I was trying to think to myself, what makes graphic novels such an interesting story mechanism or storytelling function? And I think very much the Kira episode, especially for something that seemed to be like serial killer moving forward, kind of getting more and more like kind of weak excuses for his crimes, for his killings. How is there going to be another level to this? And they go through this family photo album way yeah. of telling Kira's backstory. And I just thought this is, this is quite brilliant in a lot of ways because yeah. it can make a really great episode, particularly like you're saying about an adaptation. Can mm. you imagine this episode being done in a slightly different style within within i just think it would be fa- fantastic yeah i think th- i love the photo album the the different because you get it's almost like you're you're going through her memories mm-hmm. and you're seeing pictures of, her, of instead of just telling you about family or telling you about the history or you know i think they went even deep because they went generations back i think in they some did. of the photos so you you get a real sense of her background and why the, she is the way she is and her outlook but i thought that was so so cool i love that i didn't expect that at all but um i thought it like you said it added a, added a whole nother dimension that i didn't expect them to, and i think so i think some people you know and it's the form that you know graphic novels or comics isn't everybody's bag it's mm-hmm. not for everyone and you know no um but i think be, before you before anyone says this format just isn't for me, I think you have to really explore it because there's a lot. And and I think part of it is, is knowing the format and knowing that it's almost like cinema. Uh, Cause you know, you watch so many, like we've talked about that, like you Mm -hmm. watch so many movies and you start to learn, you start to kind of appreciate tricks or things that they do um, to tell the story. And it's almost the same thing in, in this format too, because you know, you look at panel layouts or images or the way the story is told. So I think, part of it is just knowing being comfortable with the format and and reading different types of books and not going into 
something that you may not that may not explore characters the way this does because I love the character exploration of this. Yeah, one. I, mean, I think it's great, and I think one if you always go with the key principle that same with filmmaking, same with storytelling in, in any form, the easiest thing to do would have been to do this thing, right? Mm-hmm. And they decide not to do that, and you've got to think right. That's obviously a creative choice to do that. So the storybook aspect of this, especially, was like like nothing else that's been seen before or since within the story and you get a sense of both her history but also the aging of her father like the really subtle way in her, mm-hmm. which her father ages through it and even her going oh look at the way he smiles in all these photos but with a kind of like almost deadness behind his eyes because that's underneath there was a pain and a suffering and a sorrow and that makes you go back and look at the pictures that are there and kind of see your own family photos and your, your your all of that you know having a visual medium of that of that way kind of does add another layer that couldn't be just on a page just couldn't it, it gives you something else to go to and especially when the art is done as well as this and even the color mm-hmm. schemes that are used within some of those pictures obviously the, the sepia tone ones from the ones along back but even some of the, the like what she would say the real positive memories from her life of her mom and dad together they're they're much more vibrant in color than anything else wow. that's within within the issue, and the whole thing just adds up to give you a sense of of who she is as a person, but also then to cut to her in the psychiatrist room and her discussing yeah. and trying to be eloquent about how she feels and why she she can't visit her mum and and the psychiatrist pushing her. I I would say sort of unfair in a lot of ways. Um. I don't think I'm particularly comfortable with how much she approaches and encroaches on her and her feelings, but obviously to effect because she goes and visits her mum then afterwards, and we start to see this demon essentially that's lying in the bed. You know, we can see a lot of the worst aspects that we see about Kira, but in this other form of her mother in bed. Yeah, the one of the heartbreaking moments was when, or just telling the story of her her dad, and he wrote all those letters to his to oh yeah her mom and and his his second wife gave them to her and she didn't give them to her mom because she didn't want her knowing that he was still in love with her. Yeah. That was really sad. <laughs> like, and again, you can't help but judge Kira for that. That's one of the things that I came away from. That's, like, that's sort of not just your decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's making a doing it for people for whatever she feels may be the right reasons. But like, she's a very judgmental person and kind of making these these judgment calls on people and somewhat coming out the other side of it because it then prompts her to kind of go see her mum go see Dylan go hide in his wardrobe go steal his, uh, his pills etc but yeah. it does lead to this really what I would say in terms of plot point the most interesting part of the entire the entire two volumes that we've had so far and that is that his medication is not what he thinks his medication is at all. He's been taken for a full ride and gives us another reason or another thing to explain what's actually been happening to him. And I like I like the way he the way that he talks to the reader and says, mm. I know what you're thinking. Kind of like, and I like that he, uh, you know, because I think everyone is like, well, wait a minute. And there's another, another side to that too about the, I forget the, the droid dealer's name, but you wonder if he was purposefully making him addicted to something, mm. uh, and he was, pur- you know, making him, making him an addict and giving him something that wasn't what he wanted or what he needed, and so he'll come back. So that, and you kind of wonder that his dependency or his 
um, his dependency on this dealer. And then the demon even tells him he was selling poison to children. So you kind of, what I mean, well, especially because the narrative in Dylan's head, certainly by the end of this volume is that Rex was a good guy. Hmm. Rex is a good guy and he's dead because of him and his actions, etc. He's sort of feeling and carrying that guilt about. But it's very clear that Rex wasn't a good guy. He wasn't even a good yeah. drug dealer. He, he couldn't even get him the drugs that he was he was asking for, so to speak. Um, and it wasn't that he didn't give him up because he didn't. He was trying to protect him. He legitimately had set up a system, which I thought, again, was very clever, with just picking people numbers and, and all come up yeah. blocked, etc. Um, so that he would never be caught in the problems that he was eventually caught in, which was then, you need to give me the identity of this client of yours or mm. something to that effect but the whole thing was very cleverly interwoven and written and yeah. it when things are that clever you can't help but kind of that i think that for me that's what creates the compulsion about right give me the next the next bit of this the next chunk of the story give me the next little bit because this is now going or at least has depth to which i didn't think it displayed in the first couple of issues that, that we had in volume one yeah, and I, I like that we jump around a little bit, and Dylan will say, well, "Let me go." I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me go back. So we get bits and pieces um, told to us in in this. I, I just like like it seems very just like a conversational, um, like he's like we're having a conversation with him. Yeah, and he has come to that realization that you know he can't just go around willy nilly killing people like if you're gonna kill me kill me and the demon doesn't bite and say well that'll be what it is he's kind of saying oh we'll see we'll yeah. see you know you'll kill for me again we both know it yeah we both know it's gonna happen and the fact that he's been missing for a long time the fact that he hadn't been thinking about not taking his meds he wasn't really missing his meds because of the other thing events that were happening in his life and ultimately ending up in this is it a cliffhanger is it this kind of art exhibition at the end with his new girlfriend mm. display of his dad's artwork which I think it's a bit of a stretch that somebody would bring that along and go here to look at this stuff this this kind of born drones and in fact some of them were kind of put through I thought it was interesting that one of the panels one half was very much one of the drones kind of full frame and then his story was kind of bleeding over into it. I thought that was a very interesting hmm. use of the art. Uh, again, wasn't the easy thing to do. So why creatively would you do that? You know, does it start hmm. to bleed over in his life? That kind of those kind of thoughts or that kind of representation of hell, as as it appears to be. Um, yeah, lots more questions being asked and posed of the reader. I think volume one ends on that too, right? On the art or close. The, so it does. There's, it ends both volumes on, on the artwork. Um, there was something on, on the Kira history that I thought was really, I took a picture of it. Um, but uh, during, uh, on the, on the page where, you know, going through the family photo album and there's a mm -hmm. picture of her parents being married. There's a quote on there. Sometimes when I think about my family, all I see are a thousand little wounds that make us who we are. Hmm. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, like there's some excellent writing in this. Even, yeah. even the, the way that they go through the, the history of the the kind of tragic deaths of the people that have gone through the history, and even the picture of the dad at that stage looking very Paul Rudd, with the one finger up, 
You know, I think it's such a contrast. It's nearly like her kind of idea of like, fuck you, you know, to the mum and in a lot of ways. And the mum saying it didn't fit. She didn't want him in there. And that picture is kind of like a microcosm of her attitude. You know, she obviously is embodying her father's meaning towards life, Mm. which is, you know, learn love, but never quite being comfortable with who he is. And then her having this kindred spirit and Dylan, who is sort of the same. But it's mm. even more broken than I appreciated he was from the first volume. And I I was a little bit surprised, but I, it made me, I was happy that we had a little bit of a time jump and he and uh, the two of them aren't in a really, they're just friends. Yeah. They meet up once in a while. Mason and Kira had broken up. So I, I like that that was kind of, it wasn't drawn out because it's not yes. really important. It's not something we need to really explore. But I did like that jump of, he had kind of moved on, and he he met his ex girlfriend. So I did like that that we didn't linger too long on those, on that relationship because it probably I mean it was important, but it kind of felt it's not really the focus. Yeah, it, it, I didn't really want to lo- a love triangle for the story to be a love triangle. And right. I thought the longer that that went on, the more myself as a reader was thinking this story hasn't got an awful lot else to it if it's really a love triangle but somebody we don't really know or dislike or like Mason um, and like he's barely in this volume at all you know in fact he's become a lot more normal probably you know in terms of a relationship of somebody that's rooming with somebody and somebody passing through their life so that disappeared and then we got something else kind of buoyed me on to say right that there's a lot to get into this story and we also get a couple of other characters introduced on the side this uh this jill character who is the the police detective who nobody wants to listen to seems to have a fairly good handle on what's going on but playing her own furrow so to speak at the moment you know nobody else really believes or trusts her she hasn't got enough you know there's sexism I would say playing a part within Mm. the police department and you have this narrative of Dylan's perspective of how you know the report and his and he's getting his bag searched every day you know but he sees to be efficiency of the New York Police Department and then the practicalities of the we're sitting inside it and seeing Jill kind of saying well this could mean something or this could mean something and all everybody around her kind of jumping to easy conclusions, kind of trying to make easy links, and she's just following the, following the the message or following the uh, the evidence. Yeah, I think her uh, the other detectives trying like oh he's sending a message and he's you know kind of like having these theories kind of like something you would do in a in a TV like a police procedural kind of yeah. TV show. This is two Russians. It must be something to do with the Russians, for instance, you yeah. know, or you know. And I, I did like too that when the police activity ramps up, that he he almost basks in it. Like it's I feel powerful because all this is for me. Yeah, that, that one person can have this much effect on people, and he, he there is that bit where he, he kind of feels and he talks about it within within the pages, in that reflective piece to say God, you know, that he feels that he is good at it, that he, he has purpose in life. All of a sudden, it's kind of we we talked about it a bit about this mm-hmm. last week. You know, in terms of how could you not feel like that? And especially when you see the world changing, you see police reports, you see things happening. I think it's only when the young man goes out and tries to steal that limelight in some ways by kind of dressing up in the red ski max and get beat to a pulp that he kind of goes, oh, there's more implications here than just me being caught. You know, there are more people that will take advantage of this or look to 
to leverage this in some way for themselves, for good and for bad, you know, and that's when it leads them to, well, maybe this affects, you know, more people around me between the things that happen with Rex and then he thinks about, well, Kira, his mum, they'll be caught up in this in some way, especially if the Russians keep on looking for me. Yeah. And he, he does, um, you know, he, uh, after his interaction with the police in the beginning, he has this almost, he's laughing in the cab, but kind of like, I knew exactly what to do. I was not nervous. I knew exactly what to, you know, kind of like, almost like this overconfidence that he's, yeah. he's way out of his element and he's out of his league. He's out of his depth, but he just, he doesn't, he's so wrapped up in what he's doing that he's, he doesn't realize like how many mistakes he's making yeah. and the trail he's leaving behind. Yeah, he's sort of getting beginner's luck. It's like going and playing 10 pen bowling for the first time with a whole lot of friends and you kick up his ass and you think, I have found the thing that I'm really good at all my life that I didn't know I was so good at. You go out again and then you realize you're just as trash as everybody else. It just so happens that, that things happened in a way that give you kind of false confidence. And in this mm. case, like he says, I didn't notice that the taxi driver's had a Russian accent. I didn't notice a lot of these things. And then we see them in retrospect. And it, normally I don't like too much foreshadowing with them as storytelling mm. that kind of like them to go back. But in this case, it sort of feels like one, enough, and two, doesn't actually go the way that I thought it was going to go anyway. They use it in a slightly different way than I thought. So it, it wasn't too telegraphed, but it gives me that crumb. Like you say, that this young man thinks he's been very clever, that he's getting away with murder, essentially. Yeah. and he's getting his way because there's twice in this volume that he gets away with somebody pulling a gun on him in short notice and he doesn't end up dead one at the very start with the police officers when he kills the guy in the toilet and then obviously when the Russian guy Bogdan uh, is in the back of Rex's van he's a lucky boy <laughs> it's the third time yeah. he's cheated three times he's cheated death now between falling off the roof you know and then the two instances were kind of wonder if he has help mm, that's what I was thinking as well it seems sort of unlikely because he does say there was a reason that he got away with it mm -hmm. but he never he never tells us what it is yeah I wonder how much if he's getting he's getting an assist along the way yeah because coming back to like in the van he comes around to the back of the van that seems kind of I don't know it's pretty I mean to open the door and to shoot shoot a, a professional mobster you know, professional, yeah. is that a profession but to outwit someone like that, and he does end up shooting Rex too. But maybe that was on purpose too. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. been part of the consequence of getting help. You know, that's mm. why he ended up having to take two lives rather than one. You know, he's using up his locker and it's coming out, and that's why he has to kill people because once a month, because he uses up his luck every month. There's lots of places this story could go now. It's not yeah. just the demons, just not. A blood hungry demon there's more going on here than maybe meets the eye and if he starts taking antipsychotic medicine properly does it all go away yeah I don't know <laughs> I don't know it's the but yeah the, it really opened up the whole story though I mean it, the yeah. story seemed not narrow but it seemed like there was a, a path I would take and then now it just was really wide yeah yeah, that I, I was straight on the Amazon as soon as I finished the turn in the last page to say, right, give me three. I'm not getting three and four together because I will literally just burn through the whole thing as soon as, as soon as it hits the door, <laughs> the doorstep. So I, I ordered uh, 
volume three and then a volume one of something else. Uh, which I'm sure we're gonna. What else did you order? About. Uh, I ordered. Uh, well, I started at the top of your list. I ordered vo- volume one of Gideon Falls. So, oh, cool. so just you know, why not? This is this is an expensive habit. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the uh, I, you know when you think about the amount of work that goes into just a page, oh, wow. it's an out, it's an insane amount of work just to to write it and to and to script it and to draw it and to you know the inks and the colors and the text and it's like it's a lot <laughs> that goes into it. I th- think you were going to use the word outrageous. Outrageous is exact, exactly the word. Even if they do one of those a month, 32 yeah. pages, 60 panels a page, like, what? That's absolutely insane. And especially to, to tell such a story so creatively. Like, uh, it is one of the more impressive creative outlets, I think, in a lot of ways. Look, we obviously know a lot of people that write but they are they aren't under that same time bound time scale that that graphic novel or sorry like they they have to churn them out. Uh, I watched a couple of years ago now the documentary done about two thousand AD. Mm. If you've ever seen that, it's Future Shock. Mm-hmm. We call it the documentary. It's an absolutely terrific, terrific documentary which looks at a lot of those great creative, you know, people that were just at slept and just lived in the office essentially to produce this stuff, and fed off each other's energy, fed over of each other's successes etc and like I, I did I did get to the end of this and go and they do the advertorials obviously for all the other Sean Phillips Edward Baker stuff and I went oh, just kind of we should just get all of this shouldn't really this is just because it all has that kind of noirish kind of detective you know storytelling aspect and you're like there's, there's so much there's so much good in here that isn't just like playing Demon wants me to kill. I will kill. Kind of losing my mind. Weak justification. There's more characters in here. More exploration mm-hmm. to be done. And that little details like when he has the silencer and he says, uh, "You know, he's shooting the guy in the back," and he says, "It it doesn't sound like it does in the movies." It's movies. like, you know, I little de- like little things like that. Like, because you wouldn't think that's just what they sound like, but until you've actually shot it, then. You don't know, but that's kind of little detail. That's, that's really neat to, to kind of uh, you know you would think it's this, but it really feels like this. Yeah, kind of puts you in his mind. And there was one of the, the visual when he actually shoots the Russian guy Bogdan in the head, like that that visual representation is one of the f- few times you can see him being shot at close range and see the line from the gun straight to the guy's head, and you see the back of his head blown off in the next panel, etc. And you go. Wow, like they didn't do that at any other stage for any of these. He's been using a shotgun, it's been very wide area of effect, you know, just kind of ex- impacting. But this, that was, that was execution style. He took that guy out, and that was a very different kill from the other kills that he has been doing to that point. This was very much he shot him in the head from close range, a man who was defenseless at that stage. And it was mm-hmm. right. Again, little details. Let's show an an evolution of his psyche character, way that he's killing, way that he's approaching things. And I, there was a, another panel that he talks about um, when he's burning the van. He says, "Don't worry, I made sure that the flames <laughs> didn't hit the trees," because it, it almost reminded me of Good. Have you have you seen Goodfellas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they kill the guy in the in the diner or in the in the restaurant, I forget his Billy Bats or whatever. And at the end, when they're cleaning up, he says, "I'm sorry, I got blood on your floor." That's what yeah. 
kind of reminded me of his, you know, you just killed someone and you're worried about the trees burning down. Well, the ecological but, impact, yeah, or the yeah. animals being hurt, or, you know, I checked to make sure there was... It was sort of... That bit was darkly comic, you know. Yeah. I, I thought there was a very dark comedy about that line. Especially as, you know, it's at the bottom right, I think, of the, of that double page spread if i remember rightly and it's it's the only one with real color so as soon as you turn the page and you start re- making your way through the panels you can see where it's going to end up and i think that's one of those again interesting facets of a graphic novel is that you know sort of sometimes where the story's going by the end of the page and you can see it even though you're not reading it it's very clear that it's going but that's about the journey to get there that that takes you along that way yeah it's so great i was just yeah look at the page it's uh, and don't worry, those flames do not spread to the trees before the fire department gets here. <laughs> but just his, uh, and I think he starts to realize that he is, he's making a lot of mistakes, but he does have this air of, they're not going to catch me. And kind of like, almost like an arrogance about him, like a, I can't be stopped. Yeah, it's it's on me to stop myself. I think that's kind of where the story uh, ends up going I think isn't it it's mm-hmm. like oh they'll never catch me even though you know they've got all these resources and and whatever he, he's more worried actually about the Russians getting to Kira Russians getting mm-hmm. to his mum that kind of stuff and interesting to see his mum brought into this as, a, as an actual character and somebody that we immediately have sympathy for you know when she's yeah. asking after her son and he's telling everybody that she's sick and she's not sick but that you know she is very caring about him hoping to see that he's doing well and you know you kind of go damn why do they all look like Aunt May yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's the, the grandma look um, yeah yeah the um, yeah the I thought it was interesting the artwork part the artwork portion at the end with the art on the art that's being displayed he doesn't he specifically tell her he didn't want it displayed? Yes. Because that was a little strange for her to but do that. Plus, he was sort of going to break up with her. You know, this seemed yeah. to be like, you know, things were going well, but they'd, they'd run their course, you know, in mm-hmm. terms of being right over the top. And then he arrives, obviously, and everything's on display. And it's interesting because, one, it seems deeply personal to him, this collection of art. But what is it? Why? It's actually more and more interesting to me is why it be, is it being on display an actual problem here? Why is the art? Why do we keep coming back to the art here at the end of each of these volumes? Hmm. Like obviously there's a legacy with his dad, but it seems like such an important plot point that we haven't really got exploring. If you know what I mean in any way, and I would imagine volume three is going to be very much about this concept or this this idea. Yeah, the um, the artwork, and also he doesn't tell, I forget her name, um, the, it was a Daisy. He doesn't tell Daisy the real story about her dad, mm-hmm. his dad, that he committed suicide. He just tells her that he... Um, Had a heart attack? He was sick or something. Yeah. Heart, heart attack. So maybe if she knew, she'd be a little bit more sensitive. That's to, true. But still, that seemed a little odd that she would still, after he asks her not to, that she would still go and display it. And... It has to be some kind of connection there. Was it? Is it? Is this demon just his imagination that he just remembered that from a piece of art from his childhood, mm-hmm. or is it something that's that's running through the family that just got passed down to him? That's why his dad was 
so lost and hopeless. Hmm. Do you think there is more of a relationship between Dylan and Kira than just boyfriend and girlfriend? Hmm. What are you thinking? So the only other time we've seen this iconography, this kind of porn iconography or otherwise, has been when Kira has been describing seeing, you know, the orgies that were going on in her parents' house. And again, it's that very prominent use of the naked body in one half of the panel. Uh, the art, it's, it really sticks out as unusual within the storytelling. I wonder if hmm. his dad and her mum knew each other. Oh. And were going to the same parties or otherwise. And that he was using his experience of those parties as his inspiration for drawing his things. Or he was watching it happen and there was something happening with the demon actually around that time around the whole environment you know that kind of I don't know if you've ever seen the film Society or, or anything mm-hmm. like that no so kind of like the kind of sexual energy and then that the allegory that has the hell and demon, devil worshipping etc that goes on there maybe there is a cult aspect to, to it there that they are both sort oh. of tied into on both sides purely speculation I don't really have much to base it on other than those couple of bits in iconography but maybe if that's the bit where if Kira sees the pictures she goes hmm. I recognise these I recognise some hmm. of this because I can't what, what else is going to happen or who else is going to see this stuff for it to see because obviously you know they could have done it and that Dylan shares it with Kira but he's been very protective about an awful lot of what happens in his life I don't know very speculative kind of direction that it that it could go I think that might I be interesting if my copy was in arm's reach but I can't I don't see it but a volume one but yeah you're right the where they reflect back on her childhood and all the bodies that are laying it almost looked like a I don't know it had a different feel to it yeah it hasn't appeared very much else in the in the story so to speak um yeah and it could be me misremembering and oh, there it is there. So, so hold on. This makes for great radio. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're uh, looking at the page of the uh, Kira's memory of all the different bodies laying on each other. It looks like a. It doesn't look like an orgy. It looks like a, more like a. I don't say cult or like. Yeah, it's almost yeah. like a sacrifice or a, you know that kind of, that kind of thing, but. Again, the very bodies are lying all over the top of each other, and if I contrast that with the last page of this, it it would be interesting to kind of get this put on your wall, wouldn't it? No, sorry, that way. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, of the of the the flames and the the bodies, bodies of the demon in the back. Yeah, I don't know. Could be a direction worth worth exploring. Don't know if it would like that. Don't know if it would not like that. But but I I do think this is another case where we had the exploration of the relationship with the parents being very prominent, very important. Obviously, in Dylan's case, we got it uh, about his relationship with his father and and all that kind of stuff, and he kind of ended up just killing himself. And then you have the mum, and the mum we get introduced to as a character, obviously in the hospital here, who's very unrepentant and very not sorry for you know her, her impact or 
she doesn't do it in a humorous way. It's just very blatant, kind of. Uh, she doesn't come across as a very nice person at all. In fact, the kind of person that has no real soul and has yeah. no kind of a, a idea that impact in the world. So I think that the relationship with the parents is, is interesting, but I'm not trying to suggest they're brother and sister or anything, but you know that, they're, that they're, the parents knew each other certain to a point, and this is sort of like much more faded than, hmm. than we may think, especially when they consider the, the kind of talk you know, when they had that talk, obviously after the karaoke night, and they kind of felt like they knew each other, they knew each other on a level that they didn't mm. really realize, etc., beforehand. Hmm. Ah, interesting. Hmm. Prepare to be massively wrong. There we go. That's all right. Any theories from yourself, Steve? Uh, geez, at this point, it didn't go the way I expected at all. It did, it did not, time. I have to say, yeah, yeah. Well, aside yeah. from the fact that he would start to get struggle for targets, he would start mm. to have looser and looser justification, even with his own mind, he knew that, and the fact that he thought, you know, there's probably some purpose, but I thought that was going to stretch right through into the end, into the fourth volume of this, but it even seems like we've come out the far side of some of that kind of delusional thinking. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm all about, like, dog killers, you know, <laughs> um, you know, I they're not the kind of I mean, dog killers are dog killers, but to be gunned down in the street, I don't know. I mean, mm. I don't know. I mean, you would imagine in a city that there's enough. I mean, there's. It seems like you're kind of like looking. It's kind of like your your deadlines come out up, and you're like, okay, you'll do. Instead of just there's got to be someone else who's doing worse, right? I mean, I don't know. I'm. Not defending a dog killer or anything, but <laughs> you know, I mean, the guy who who has like the Ponzi scheme, yeah, he's ruined lives. Okay, you know, all right, but I don't know. I, I think his his uh, vetting process needs some <laughs> needs some work. Yeah, but he doesn't seem to be concentrating his efforts there. You know, that's not what he's doing. In fact, mm. he's he spent most of the month kind of in bed with his ex partner. You know, that's what he's done for the most of it. That, that it seemed like in in volume one he spent a lot of time uh, studying, right? That's right. Yeah, that seems to have gone completely by the wayside, hmm. uh, as we were discussing. That hmm. rather interesting scene, obviously, where she's hiding in his his wardrobe, <laughs> and you get the illustration of of him having sex with his ex girlfriend, but also cut to the small bit. It says like her scent starts to bleed over to him and, and starts to dominate his thoughts for the next while so again more aware of each other on a sensory level than probably they're either aware of you know so that was that was just us looping back right because she's really in the closet she and is, really yeah, like yeah. He's smelling yeah yeah, yeah. I don't, what about you any predictions well apart from that, that 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 big one that i had i don't know again such a limited scope of characters that it's hard to think mm. what's going to happen. Obviously something's going to happen to bring Jill into this the police detective. She's going to put this together and she's going to see um, maybe she will come to the the display of the gallery artwork. She'll, she'll be brought there and maybe mm. there's one of the pictures with somebody in a mask or there'll be something she'll meet him there because obviously she's seen him and has taken the picture of him at the graveside 
mm. the Rex's yeah. thing. And she, it's alluded to that she doesn't know how important he is going to be yet, but she, is, she has noticed him. And even the demon has been saying to Dylan, you know, there's somebody watching you from the car, and he says, yeah, no, I don't care, kind of thing. So, mm. Jill's the character. That he's, she's going to put it together, and then I think we'll be caught in the middle of exposing him. Do we want him exposed? Does he want exposed? It kind of feels like they're setting up to get away with it. I kind of feel like out of this one, we're headed for a show, uh, some kind of confrontation with Jill. And yeah. in that case, who's going to win? We don't know anything about, but again, that's to be explored probably. Know about mm. her other than her background, how she ended up in the department she's at. About, like, all it would take was the one issue where we see her background of trying to fight against misogyny or, or otherwise within the department and reason to where she is now. And we would get that very quickly. Um, but, yeah. So there's only her. I think Mason, we may never see Mason ever again. Seems like he wants to move out, kind of put that part of his life behind him. He was never developed any further. So we're just left with Kira, Dylan. Rex is dead. Yeah. As it say around here, he's Teddy bread. Um... <laughs> And, and Jill and there's our three main characters that, that we're left with I think Mason was just a device to introduce us to Kira right yeah and that's all he was to create that conflict like, yeah to create that conflict where he was the third wheel uh, that he had this relationship to Kira and that get him to investigate whether he liked Kira or not uh, and how much he liked her and what the kind of steps that he would go to in order to make that happen or is Mason going to search and find something that's going to tip him off to what's really going on. Or is Kira going to look and find it? You, Cause I would imagine that I, would, I kind of expected Kira to look through his things and find the artwork mm. when she found the med, the meds. I but... thought she was going to find the mask. That's what I thought she was going to find. Mm. I thought that's what she's going to cross. The only way really Dylan can get away with this is if somebody else has been set up to be the, the fall guy for it. And it is possible that Mason is that person. Oh, because he's in the house, you all would take is plant the ski mask. There's similar build type weight, that kind of stuff. You know, he could end up being the fall guy for it. But in order for that to happen, we'd have to find out that Mason probably wasn't that good a guy either. And at the moment, that seems unlikely. He seems just a bit of a yeah, yeah, not very interesting. But he's you know, but who knows? <laughs> we have a bit of an unreliable narrator in in a psychopath as a killer is he is he becoming a psychopath or is, is he was he already it's the big question is it, many people does it, do you have to kill before people consider you to be a psychopath not that I want you to test it Steve right but it is <laughs> it is a, a thought question maybe maybe to have it's the kind of wanton destruction I think at the point where he started just picking people for random reasons or loose justification is the point that I would say well you're in psychopathic territory here like this is mm. whatever purpose you believe that you had is gone I would say but as soon as he started kind of inventing the conversations with the Russian prostitutes I think he was in that territory already like was, mm. this man's not not right but he's also not taking his meds you know yeah. he spoke he thought he was taking antipsychotic medicine and he's not been getting any so yeah. interesting 
And I did notice, I just thinking, looking back on it now, but I did know the first volume is mostly winter because we have a lot of him walking in snow and things. And in this volume, we have hot weather. So I wonder if we're going to go like a season. Autumnal? Seasons or? And uh, then maybe spring rebirth or something. Yeah, you're yeah. right. I was looking kind of at the color schemes that, that, that were in. Um, the first one, and it is very winter. This one has lots of night. But there's a lot more greens that appear through through everything, greens and yellows, etc., rather than the blacks and whites mm-hmm. that are there. I do like the art style quite a lot. There's a kind of uh, graphic realism to it, uh, yeah. In in the faces that kind of add to, you know, sort of bring it home, rather than this just being a cartoon graphic world. It's very New York City. Yeah. Young man, we've known him the rest yeah. of his life, you know. Yeah, so I think we're about halfway through. This is. Uh, I think we're about halfway through. Yeah, it was like I say. Yeah. I don't. Six episodes, issues. Seven, I don't know. There was quite a lot of issues in here. I thought. Seemed like a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Seemed like a lot of uh, a lot of material. And flew by look, though. Looking at the page, yeah, did as soon as you get into it, it's like it's honestly like crack. Let's just let's yeah. just go. Let's just go next bit, next bit, next bit, next bit. And as soon as I finished the last page, I was like, yeah, I need the next one. Uh, <laughs> Amazon Prime. Let's go. Oh, it's dangerous. But so, some of the artwork in the last couple of pages, the single panel stuff, I think is just terrific. Like, mm-hmm. I could get some of those on, on my wall. Like, very much the single panel of... Oh, yeah. And putting on the, on the mask. mask. I think that's, that's yeah. just terrific with the, the yellow sun background. Etc. Yeah, really, really, really cool. Yeah, beautiful so, artwork. For sure. Yeah. Halfway through. So, halfway through, indeed. Cool. Yeah. So, for uh, for people wanting to find you, where can they find you? Yeah, they can find me on the page. June forms probably more so than anywhere else. Or you could find me on my YouTube channel. Uh, just up my name, Chris Moan, Chris, and then M O H A N, where I talk about movies and books primarily. Um generally whatever comes to mind whatever I feel like I want to talk about nice yeah it's the best way to go too many interests I know it's tough right it's tough (laughs) not enough time for all the interest indeed awesome well thank you again for uh, coming by we'll we'll pick up volume 3 next week Mm -hmm. sounds good cool cool thanks everybody take care